welcome Pastor Cole Riker. Thanks, Pastor Trent. Hey, guys. How y'all doing tonight? Everybody doing good? It's so awesome that you are all here. I want to go ahead real quick. This thing is on, right? It is on. Check, check. I want to go ahead real quick and jump right into what um, to God has for us tonight. Um, as I was seeking the Lord and I was pressing in on what I felt like he wanted me to deliver to you guys tonight, um, he, he brought up something that was very, was touching to myself. Um, and, it, and it's cool, and I, I really believe the Spirit of, of God is here. We, we felt to move in worship. Um, I, I literally just had somebody come up to me and say, make sure that it helps you too. Um, so I really believe that God is going to move through this tonight because God was speaking to me, and I know if he's speaking to me, that he will also speak to you guys. So before I do that, let me go ahead and open up with a word of prayer, and then I want to ask you guys a quick question. So dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for this evening. God, I thank you for bringing everybody out here, God, that we can all gather under this roof in your name. Father, I thank you that you, you change our lives. That what you've already done on the cross, Jesus, has transformed everything that we are. That we can live life abundantly. We can live life in power, in grace, not in condemnation, not in shame, but in strength and power. I just pray that you will help me tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So real quick, I want to ask you guys a question before I really dive into what I'm talking about. And the first question that I have is something I think all of us struggle with, and I was this way not too long ago. But how many of you guys have ever been hangry before? I hear a lot of like, ooh, everybody's been hangry before, right? I remember I was hangry. I was hangry like all last week because me and my wife made a trip to Georgia to see our family, and it was kind of out of the ordinary so we were in a different place and we were running around and like I love to eat and we were on the road so much so I was like constantly hangry she can probably vouch for that she probably really didn't you know she probably wanted to rip my head off at times but it's okay she's my wife and she loves me how many of you guys in the same thought how many of you guys have ever just wanted to kill the person to the left or right of you on the road because they cut you off I know some of you guys driving here you've been with your parents when it happened before right I hear a lot of people talking because it's true like, I come to church, and I, I do what I'm supposed to, I'm not supposed to do these things, but when somebody cuts me off on the road, like, there's just something there that just makes me want to lose my salvation just for a second, just so I can just maybe get out of the car, beat them a little bit, get back in the car, and then I'll, I'm saved again, right? Hey, I'm just being real. I'm just being real. Or how many of you have ever, like, you're walking down the hall, and all of a sudden, you see your crush out of the left or right of your eye, and all of a sudden, you just kind of, you change up, you kind of. Stiffen your posture, maybe flex your arms a little bit. Girls get that little, that little hip hop, right? And you're like, but why are we doing these things? We, see, the point is, is, is we, we transform, we change who we are, right? Out of our emotions, out of how we're driven. The emotion that comes behind, we're hungry, we're angry, right? We're infatuated with something. But the question that I have for you guys tonight, and the question that I had to ask myself is how many times do I do this same thing with my relationship with God? How many times do I get on my knees because life has presented me with something, that, an obstacle that I cannot overcome? Life has hit me with something that I can't control. So I'm crying out to God, God, please help me. Please change these things. Please just help me get through this moment. I'll do anything for you. How many of you guys have ever been there? I know I have. I know I've been there more than once. 
I lost my family member. I don't know what to do. My crush, the love of my life, I thought we were going to get married. She broke up with me or he broke up with me. I don't know what to do. And we get in this moment of despair. And in that moment, our emotions drive us to want to serve God with our whole heart. But then three weeks later, what happens? We shift right back to who we were walking in before. We shift right back to getting angry all the time or to getting emotional with people or to fall back into those ways that we used to fall back into. And I started processing this and praying to God and asking him, why, God, why do I do this? God, why do we do this? If we are your children, the Bible says we are children of God and we are saved because Christ saved us and we are transformed because of that, then why do we do this? And God, I believe, made it very clear. He said, you do this because you don't understand completely what my love is for you. What do you mean by that, Pastor Cole? What I'm saying is, is I think that culture, and when I say culture, the way of life, the way of life that we live here has shown us this idea of what love is that isn't real at all. Now, we can all kind of, we're thinking about that right now in our heads, like love is. I mean, we say all the time, like, man, I love steak. Like, I love pizza. I love going to the movies. But it's, it's turned into like an expression of like a heavy what? An emotion, a feeling, an urge to do something, to feel a certain way. But I think that's the ultimate and the biggest lie that we've been put on our culture and that's been poured into our minds over and over again. That love is an emotion. And I'm here to tell you guys tonight that love is not an emotion. Not once in the Bible does it say, Love is an emotion you can feel one way this way and you can lose your salvation and kill somebody and then get it back. That's not what it says. Actually, so what is love, right? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. I wanted to play that song for you guys so bad, so I figured I'd just kind of sing it, right? But what is love? What is love? So we have to look to the scripture to understand what love is. Now, first and foremost, I want to show you what God says love is. In 1 John, right, 1 John 4, 8, God says, whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. Simple, simply put, God is love. And now, is God an emotion? No. Is God everlasting? Yes. Does God come and go because of the seasons, the changes, the tides, the shifts? No, God is forever, always, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. You see, there's been a distinct differentiation between and a lie, a blur of what God is because of love and what the enemy and the world has portrayed on us what we think love is, and that's an emotion. Also, what is love? 1 Corinthians 13 four through seven says this, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now you see, I think we get this idea, and like I was saying, of, of what love is, and you can think back to all the situations that were like, oh, 
my boo, like, oh, I love her so much because the way, why? Because the way she makes me feel. Like, I have to have her in my life. Oh, but you don't understand, like, if she leaves, like, I'm going to be nothing. Like, I have to have her. So what you're saying is, is because someone's in your life, it makes you feel a certain way. And if you don't have them, you don't feel that way anymore. So, so you can't be separated from them? No, all that is, is that's, that's self-seeking. That's an emotion. It's driven by a selfish desire in ourselves to want to feel something in ourselves. I heard a quote the other day that uh, the author Peter Scazzaro says. He says that every relationship, every single relationship has one hidden thing in it, and that is the unresolved longing for unconditional love. The unresolved longing for unconditional love. We all seek to want to be loved in a way that somebody else can't do it. How can I seek to be loved and, and have a perfect love from in, an imperfect person? It can't happen. Because what we've been looking for, I really believe, church, and that's us as we gather here, is we've been looking for an emotion. And it doesn't not twist us all up. It sends us for a loop. Like we, we get, like I said, we get into that grind and we want to be with God. We want to spend time with God. We want to do the right things. But then all of a sudden, one little thing happens that throws us off our rocker. And before you know it, we're back out doing the same thing. We ain't been to church in three months. And before you know it, we were just right back to where we were. So what is love? Once again, God is love. Love is selfless. It's patient. It's kind. And most importantly, this factor, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Same thing, Romans 5.8 says, says the same type of thing. For God demonstrates his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, what God is saying is, is I am love, and if I am love, then what I do for you is love. So if I'm wrapping up what love is, so we have a correct view and perspective of how we're supposed to live our life and what it does for us. Love is wrapped up in one word, one name, one person, and that is Jesus. God sent his son. You see, God sent his only son. He didn't care. He cared, but he didn't let the, the, the effect of how he would hurt when he sent his only son. He gave him up anyways. It was completely selfless to give his only son up, that Jesus would come from his throne in power all the way down to earth to live with us and to be obedient unto death, to die for us. It says while we were still sinners, did we deserve for him to die for us? No. What we deserved is death. But Jesus says, I'm not gonna do that because I love you. You see, Jesus, God himself, they made a choice. They took an action. Because love is an action, love is a choice. It's not an emotion. Now, all of that leads me, and I had to, I had to give you all of that to get you a, per, a correct perspective of what love is and why we go in and out so much, why we aren't really ever completely transformed. And I want to talk to you guys more so as now that we have a correct perspective of love, of what true transformation is. And that really is the big idea for tonight. The big idea for tonight is that true love, everything that we just talked about, selflessness, that action, that choice, pr produces true transformation in our lives. True love is true transformation.
The truth of God's love produces a radical twist, shift, transformation in us that allows us to live in a completely different way and not go banter back and forth between God, why am I on my knees right now searching for you? But why am I not now and I'm back in the world because everything's going good? So what does God say about this? He says in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And what the first piece means is do not be conformed. Conforming to the world means don't take shape of this age, of what's going on in this world right now around us. And we all know what's going on in this world right now around us is that people think love is an emotion and that love is all about self and what I can get and how you make me feel. I can't be conformed to that, but I have to be transformed by what? By the renewing of my mind. How do I do that? The renewing of my mind and the fact that Christ died for me, that his love is true, that there is really a God that loves me 100% no matter what I do, that there is an unconditional love for me and that longing that I've been wanting, that itch that I will always have in every relationship, that big heart gap that no one can fill, can be filled by an almighty God who really does love me. That is the transformation piece. When we understand and sit in that, when we renew our mind, when we start to slip and say, okay, well, I'm starting to feel like I need to kind of go out this way. I don't want to do this anymore. You have to remember what love is. You see, you have to remember that love is an action. And if God made that action, that choice for you, then shouldn't we make that choice for him? We didn't deserve it, and he did it for us anyways. That it's a free thing. That whoever would believe will have eternal life. There's no stipulation there. It's just belief that he did it. So we renew our mind in the fact that Christ is who he says he is and that it is the truth. That transforms us. So how does it transform us? Where does it transform us? When we are truly transformed, I believe that it transforms us everywhere, in ourselves and also everywhere around us. And there's three areas that I really believe that this hits on the most. And that's our family, our friends, and also our foes. Yeah, I said foes. You're like, you're crazy. I'm not talking on the people that hate me. <laughs> my family won. How does transformation in me transform my family? You see, the word says that if I become transformed, that I become a light of the world. Because the love that is in me, because the love that he gave to me, right? I can now share it with others. And that transformation is a light. And what I started thinking about is how does a light operate? Now, when you're in a dark room and you turn a light on, if you're in a dark room and this Christmas tree is the only thing on, it doesn't only shine up, it doesn't shine down or to the left to the right. When you turn it on, it shines everywhere. It goes out, up, down, around, across, every single way. And it's the same way with our family, with our friends, and with our foes. When we have that transformation in us and we really believe that God loves us and we make that choice to love him and now love others, it affects our family in this way. It affects the people that are around us, our brothers, our sisters, our cousins, but also the people that are above us, our aunts, our uncles, or our parents. I say that just because you're in a service and maybe your parents aren't saved or they don't come to church doesn't mean that they won't. 
Because they will by the transformation they see in your life. Because the choice that you make to love. Because God loves you. Because God is love. Also with your friends. You might go to school, right? And you you hang out with some people that aren't, they're kind of skeptical about church. Maybe they've been hurt before. Or maybe they've never even hurt. They weren't raised in the church. Or they're just, like I said, they're just skeptical. They don't want, they're like, there was a people just weird and we just go in there and like we sing and it's just weird. But if we come in and we have a transformed heart and we live a life that is completely different because we really believe what God has done for us, then it transforms them as well. And thirdly, as I wrap this up, our foes. The word of God says this, that we should love our enemies. Does that make any sense? No, let's just be real. It don't make any sense. Love my enemies? Are you telling me that I need to love the people that hurt me? But I believe when we understand and we have a true transformation of ourselves within ourselves, we get to the point that we understand that they're not really our enemy. They might be our enemy in the flesh. They might be our enemy in what we perceive them to be. But you see, we were also once God's enemy because of our sin. But he loved us while we were still sinners. And because of that, we were redeemed. And we are now in his family. So because God is in us and God is love and we are in God, we do the same thing for our enemies. Now, I give you all that and you can say, man, that's just so much information. what, What do I do with any of that? And I have to ask myself the same thing. And I really want you to think about this. What can you do? I want you guys to ask yourself the question, God, can you demonstrate your love for me? Will you demonstrate your love for me right here, right now? Will you demonstrate your love for me tomorrow and the next day? Will you allow me to see how much you really love me? And will you really allow me to see the truth of Jesus Christ and the truth of what you've done that truly transforms me? And secondly, after you've asked him to demonstrate that, and I promise you he will, because God loves you. He's always pursuing you. Don't ever think he's not. After you understand that and he shows you to ask God, how can I demonstrate this love to others? How can I truly be transformed enough to where my family and my friends and even my foes around me are transformed as well? To where everywhere I walk in, I'm a light bearer. That I shine everywhere. Not by my emotion, but because of the choice that I make to love God because he loves me and the choice that he has made for me. And I don't want you to do this with a light heart. You see, the word of God says it's better to not make an oath than to make an oath and break it. And if you say that you love God and you ask God, please demonstrate your love for me so I can love others, and you, and you make that, You have to understand that love is an action. It's not something that comes and goes, so you can't just say, okay, I'm not gonna do it now because I don't feel like it. Because that's the emotional part. 
It's saying just like Jesus said, no matter what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to that cross. I'm going to die for them. So no matter what, I'm going to pursue love for others. I'm going to pursue true transformation because I want to understand it. I want to know it. I want to be transformed. I don't want to live this way anymore. So as we pray, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, we want to give everybody an opportunity to accept Jesus as their Lord. So I want everybody to repeat this prayer with me for those who maybe have not heard it before, but I want us to repeat it corporately as a family. Dear Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you came down and that you died for my sins. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you saved me. And in that, I believe that you transformed me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if that was you tonight, I, I want you guys to, to be bold. And we're not, we're not doing this to point you out. I don't ever want you to think that. But I want you to be bold. And I want you to slip your hand up on the count of three. And the reason we do that is because we want to give you guys a connect card. We want, as pastors, as servant leaders, we want an opportunity to be able to connect with you and talk to you more about this decision. Because we really believe, we really believe that it's the biggest decision that you'll ever make in your life because it's not only this life that it counts for, but it's for eternity. And when you're thinking of eternity, that's a long time. But God gives eternal life. And we know that it's true. So if that's you on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. One, two, three. Amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. Awesome. Awesome, guys. I just want everybody else to, to repeat this prayer with me. Before we do that, I, I just really, I believe God is trying to do an, an atmosphere shift right now. I do. Now, there's people in here right now that really, really God is trying to get a hold of. And in all honesty, it might not be anything that I just said. But you see, when you fall under the presence of the Lord, things shift and he speaks to you. It's, it's never the preacher that's speaking to you. It's the Holy Spirit through the preacher. It's never the band that's speaking to you. It's the Holy Spirit through that band. You see, and what you have to realize is that in this house right now, you have the opportunity to make a choice, to choose yes or no. And that's either to obey the voice of God and that feeling, that unction that you're receiving from him, or to walk away and say, no, nah, I'm good. But I promise you, I promise you that if you turn to that voice and you just let God work in you and through you and transform you, that you will not regret it. So I want to pray and I want us to come up for this last song of worship. And I really want you guys to just obey the voice of God and nothing else. 
So dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you. I thank you for this evening. But God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the mercy and the opportunities that you give us each and every day. That you speak to us, that your love is always pursuing us. That it's never ending. God, I pray that you will speak to us in this service right now. That you will break chains. That you will speak to people. You will transform people truly from the inside out. And God, we give you the glory. And only you the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You guys come on up here for worship.